Section 47 of Ontario Public School Geography. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne Spiegel. Ontario Public School Geography by the Ontario Department of Education. Section 47. Asia. The Continent as a Whole. Map Questions. What ocean is between Asia and North America? What strait separates these continents? What ocean is north of Asia? South of Asia? What continents touch Asia on the west? What two seas are between Asia and Europe? Name one sea between Asia and Africa. What neck of land separates the Mediterranean from the Red Sea? What two continents does it join? Name five seas upon the east coast. What peninsula separates the Sea of Okhotsk from Bering Sea? What islands enclose the Sea of Japan? The China Sea. What peninsula separates the Yellow Sea from the Sea of Japan? What peninsula of Asia extends farthest south? Name the group of large islands close to it. Name a bay, a sea, and two gulfs on the south coast of Asia. Name three large rivers flowing northward into the Arctic Ocean, and three into the Pacific Ocean. What large river empties into the Bay of Bengal? Into the Arabian Sea? Where is the central point at which the mountain ranges of Asia meet? In what directions do the mountain ranges radiate from the Pamira? Where is the highest land in Asia? What zones is Asia? In what zone is the greater part of the continent? What coast is in the North Frigid Zone? What coast is largely in the Torrid Zone? Where is the warmest part of Asia? The coldest? Its Ancient Civilization the world today is dominated by peoples of European descent. These are the most progressive nations of the world. It is hard for us to realize that there were great nations living in Asia long before the peoples of Europe, in general, had emerged from a state of savagery. When Europe was, for the most part, the home of fierce tribes of nomad hunters, Asia was already the seat of mighty empires, such as Assyria, Babylonia, and Persia. Before our own ancestors emerged from barbarism, the Chinese had already reached a high degree of civilization. To Asia, also, we owe both the Jewish and the Christian civilization. For many centuries the people of Asia either made no further progress, as in China, or even fell back to a lower level of civilization, 
while those of Europe and the New World were advancing in knowledge, skill, and wealth. Now a great deal of Asia has come under the domination of European nations. Size, Extent, and People Turn to the globe and glance at this ancient continent. The first thing that we note is its great size. It is almost twice the size of North America, and contains about one-third of the land area of the world. This huge continent contains more than half the people of the world. Three-fourths of the people of Asia are of the Mongol race, to which the yellow-skinned peoples of the world belong. The remaining fourth of the Asiatics are, like ourselves, of the Caucasian race, although most of the Asiatic Caucasians are darker in color than we are. THE DIVIDING MOUNTAIN RANGES The continent is so vast that for purposes of study we must find some way to divide it into convenient sections. This, fortunately, is not hard to do, for our physical map of Asia shows us at once that the mountain system of the continent divides it into four main divisions. Find the Pamirs on your map. This region is a great plateau of rolling hills and gravelly plains, situated more than two miles above the level of the sea. From it radiate the four principal mountain ranges of Asia. One stretches westward to the Black Sea. Another runs southwestward to the Arabian Sea. The third extends northeastward to the Sea of Okhotsk. The fourth strikes southeastward to Indochina. These four ranges divide the continent into four natural divisions. Northern Asia The whole northern part of the continent is separated from the rest by a line of mountains extending right from one side of the continent to the other. Trace this dividing line from the Caucasus Mountains to the Sea of Okhotsk. Northern Asia is a land of vast plains, broken in the eastern part by low mountains and plateaus. It covers several of the Soviet republics. The part of northern Asia which lies between the Caspian Sea and the mountains forms a basin, or depression, much of which lies below the level of the ocean. The streams which rise in the mountains to the south and east of the basin flow into the lowest parts of it. There are many small salt lakes in this district, and two very large ones. The large salt lakes are Lake Aral and Lake Balkosh. Why is the water in these lakes salt? The southern part of the basin is so dry in summer that the whole region is a desert. The high mountains to the south and east prevent rain-bearing winds from reaching it. Here and there streams flow from the mountains into the desert. Their valleys form fertile oases in which most of the inhabitants of the country live. North of Lake Aral, the ground rises gently to form the northern rim of the basin. The top of the rim forms a divide between this area of interior drainage and the vast plains which slope gently toward the Arctic Ocean. This belt of higher land is known as Kurzik Steppe. Here the land is not quite so parched as farther south and is covered with grass. The peoples of the steppe are, therefore, nomads, who wander in search of pasture for their herds of camels, cattle, and horses, and for their flocks of sheep and goats. The people of the steppe, 
and of the desert belong to the Mongolian race. North of the steppe is a wide belt of forested land, much like that of northern Canada. It is much larger, however, for it extends right across northern Asia in a broad band about 1,000 miles wide. The southern edge of this vast forest is fairly open, and the land is rich and well-suited for farming. This area has been sparsely settled by Russians, who are colonizing this part of the continent. On the northern edge of the forest the trees are smaller and the forests less dense, until at last the forest comes to an end. Between the forest and the Arctic Ocean is the tundra, much like that of Europe or of North America. The few inhabitants of the tundra, who are tribes belonging to the Mongolian race, rely upon fish and animals for their food. They have one domesticated animal, the reindeer. This animal is their mainstay, for it draws their sledges and provides them with milk. The rivers of the northern plains are very large. Steamboats ply on them during the summer. They are of comparative little use for commerce, however, for they all flow into the Arctic Ocean, which is, because of ice, unnavigable for a great part of the year. Southwestern Asia Now let us return to our physical map of Asia. We have already seen that a line of mountains runs eastward across the continent, from the Caucasus to the Pamirs. Another range leaves the Pamirs and runs southwestward to the coast. These are the Sulaiman Mountains. The corner of Asia cut off from the rest of the continent by these ranges we may call Southwestern Asia. Southwestern Asia is a land of plateaus, rimmed about by lofty mountains. Practically the whole extent of Southwestern Asia suffers from an insufficient rainfall. It lies, as your map shows you, in the trade wind belt, and cannot derive moisture from these dry winds. The Mediterranean coast lies far enough north to come within the range of the westerlies during the winter, and in that season it receives a fair rainfall. The rainfall is copious at the coast, but, owing to the high coast ranges which condense most of the moisture out of the winds, decreases rapidly inland. The southern part of Arabia, however, comes into the monsoon area and enjoys a moderate rainfall from June to September. The people of southwestern Asia are mainly Caucasians. Why is this corner of Asia peopled by the same race as Europe? The high mountain barriers to the east and north are more difficult to cross than the waters of the Mediterranean or the Black Sea. One of the tribes of Central Asia did burst through the mountain barriers long ago, swept over Asia Minor, and even crossed into Europe. These people were the Turks, and many of them now live among the Caucasians of Asia Minor. The majority of people living in southwestern Asia are either farmers or nomads. The fertile lands of the coasts and of the river valleys, and the oases of the interior, are used for farms, on which barley, wheat, millet, and fruits of all kinds are grown. In southern Arabia, the date palm furnishes much of the food used by the Arabs. The mountain slopes and dry plains grow sufficient grass for scattered flocks of sheep. Camels and some fine horses are raised in Arabia. Southern Asia Let us now look at the third great division of the continent. 
there is a long mountain range running eastward from the Pamirs, marked on your map the Himalayas. The region south of the Himalayas and east of the Suleiman range we may call Southern Asia. It contains the countries known as India and Indochina. Much of this part of Asia lies within the torrid zone, and the rest is so close to it that the climate is warm everywhere except on the high mountains. Southern Asia is chiefly mountainous, with narrow plains around the coast. It contains two very large plains, one forming the valley of the Indus River, the other forming the valley of the Ganges. In nearly all parts there is abundant rain, brought by the monsoon winds. The mountains of southern Asia are densely forested upon their lower slopes. The teak is the most valuable of tropical trees on account of its fine timber. There are also many dense jungles of bamboo. The vegetation of southern Asia is very abundant because the rainy and hot seasons coincide. The monsoon countries can grow much more food than the lands in which the summers are dry and winters wet, as, for instance, in the case of Asia Minor. This is one reason why southern Asia is able to maintain an enormous number of people. Animal life depends upon vegetation, and southern Asia is very rich in both. There are many deer of various kinds, numerous herds of wild buffaloes, and many wild boars. Countless monkeys live in the treetops of the forests. Elephants are abundant in all the countries of southern Asia, and the rhinoceros is found in Indochina. The flesh-eaters are represented by the tiger, the panther, and the leopard. Jackals and vultures act as scavengers. Crocodiles infest the rivers. Snakes are particularly abundant, and many of them are poisonous. The most deadly is the cobra. Although southern Asia is so densely populated, the people have never succeeded in exterminating the dangerous animals which range their lands. It is estimated that in India alone, about 50,000 people and 100,000 cattle are killed by snakes and wild animals every year. The peoples of southern Asia are of many races. Most of the people of northern India are of Caucasian origin, being descendants of invaders who swept into India from the west centuries ago. Far to the south live the Telugas and the Tamils, who lived in the land long before the coming of the Caucasians. In the jungles of the interior of the Deccan are still many tribes of the savage hunters who were the original inhabitants of the country. In Burma, the population is partly Caucasian and partly Mongolian. Far to the south there are many Malays, who came by sea, from the islands to the east, to the peninsula which now bears their name, and many Chinese, who also came by sea, from their own land farther north. The peninsula of Indochina is inhabited mainly by tribes who belong to the Mongolian race. Eastern Asia The fourth great subdivision of Asia comprises the region lying southeast of the ranges which extend from the Pamirs to the Sea of Okhotsk. The great Kingan Mountains, paralleling the east coast, divide eastern Asia into two very different regions. The western portion consists of high plateaus. The eastern section is the Pacific Slope. It is a hilly country, containing, however, one great plain and many smaller ones. Inner Asia, 
as the western section may be called, is divided into three distinct areas. In the north is the cold Mongolian plateau. The rest of Inner Asia is divided into two parts by the Quinlan Mountains. Between the Mongolian plateau and the Quinlan Mountains lies a huge basin called Sinkian, formerly eastern Turkestan. It is so dry that much of it is entirely desert. Its inhabitants are nomads, or dwellers in the oases formed by the mountain streams. Between the Kunlun and the Himalayas is the lofty plateau of Tibet. It is from two to three miles above the sea. Therefore the winters are very cold, and even during the summer frosts are not unusual. In the lower parts of the plateau grass is found, and the people are nomads. In a few of the lowest valleys crops may be raised, and here the inhabitants live in permanent villages. The most useful animal of the Tibetan plateau is the yak. This is a big, clumsy-looking beast, something like an ox, with long, shaggy hair. The yak is very sure-footed, and is valuable as a beast of burden in the mountains. Its flesh and milk are used for food. The Tibetans also pasture many sheep. The Pacific slope is very different from Inner Asia. The summer winds blowing from the Pacific bring a heavy rainfall. There are many navigable rivers, the two largest of these, the Huang and the Yangtze, have built up a fertile plain along many miles of the coast. These factors, taken together, make a land which can support many people in comfort. Upon the hillsides of the Pacific Slope is grown the tea bush, one of the most important cultivated plants of eastern Asia. It is a low, spreading bush, with dark green leaves, which flourishes in the rich, moist soil of China and Japan. The dried leaves of this plant are the tea of commerce. Silk, too, is produced in large quantities. It is made from the delicate fibers with which the silkworm weaves its cocoon. This worm thrives especially well upon the leaves of the mulberry tree. Thousands of these trees are grown in eastern Asia to provide food for the silkworm. The people of eastern Asia are Mongolians. They are divided into many races including the Japanese, the Chinese, and others of less importance. All these nations have the general characteristics of the Mongolian race, but their languages, customs, and character differ widely. Most of the people of Eastern Asia are Buddhists. Some believe in Taoism, which teaches that there are all sorts of evil spirits which man must fear and propitiate. Others follow the teaching of Confucius, which enjoins the worship of ancestors, Many of the peoples of China believe in all three religions. End of section 47